Stetson Bennett should not be throwing the ball 40 times. No. Welcome to My Gotta Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Wood. Today, John Powell and I sat down to discuss Georgia's loss to Alabama. We talk about what went wrong, what could have gone better, and what lies ahead for Georgia in this 2020 season. As always, please follow us on social media at My Gotta Podcast. And if you like what you hear, please give us a rating. Five stars, of course, on Apple Podcasts. If you leave us a review, we'll read it on an upcoming episode. Now, let's join our conversation in progress. Actually, I, th- I definitely feel like you needed to step away from the replay of the game. <laughs> I did. I did need to step away from the replay of the game. Uh, I, I have not watched the, any of the replay yet, uh, so I'm going in blind, just straight what I remember. Uh, I think the only thing I've done is I read, uh, I read Seth Emerson's like post game article, but that's the only thing I've looked at. Yeah. The, I don't recommend, I don't recommend it, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) I don't recommend it because all, all that you and I have done is kind of think on things and we, we kind of recollect on, on our memory of, of, the, of the actual game from yesterday, but then you go on Twitter and you've got guys like Dog Stats that are amazing and, and wonderful, and they're, they're throwing out all the, all the film clips of some of, the, some of the plays. And then me, looking at those clips, I see all the missed passes that I saw live that you and I would, would, would talk about. And yeah. as I sat down to like, okay, okay, fine, I'll watch the replay. I just I have to I have to see if if it's just like these handful of plays that we've seen, where we just missed open receivers and open looks, um, or if maybe that was the only option that he had and he didn't have any other options to, but to throw it into triple coverage. Um, and it's just not a uh, not great, Bob. It's not great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it. I was like so jacked up after the first play of the game with immediate pressure and then interception. Um, I, I was like, my, actually my, my Kim, my wife was uh, with Lily at her soccer game cause they had a game really far away. So I was just at home with Ella, my oldest daughter. She actually at one point like left to go kind of do her own thing. She was like, dad, I love you, but you're way too loud right now. I just can't, I can't deal with this noise. And like, but I, that, this was first half, right. When I was like, you know, um, reacting to the positives. I was so jacked up. Um, but yeah, I don't know, like the instant pressure. I was like, yes, the defense is going to be able to carry us. Um, and I still think could have, if we had the right game plan, I'm not, I wasn't a fan of the game plan that I've been, uh, have not been shy of that on, on Twitter. Let me, let me quickly run through, get out, get our predictions out of the way. I actually just went through and jotted down to see what we had. So, do we have we, to? <laughs> yeah, it'll be quick. It'll be quick. Uh, over under Najee Harris, 150 yards. He actually had 152. So we both took the under and said that if he went over, that was bad news. That played out. Uh, starting tailback was Zemir White. Although, you know, we went to McIntosh, I think, on the second play of the game. That was interesting. And then McIntosh somehow only had two carries. So that was that was befuddling. Um, will the defense give a rushing touchdown? I said no. You were yes. You said yes. You were correct. Although they got that touchdown right after the bogus pass interference call. Um, we can talk about that later. And over under one and a half quarterbacks play for Alabama. I took the under, you took the over. 
I was right there. We only saw Mac Jones. Uh, and then final score, we were obviously wrong. Although you got the Georgia score right. You had 24, but we, we had Alabama only scored 20, both of us. Oh, oh, oh. So, um, I mean, I'll, I'll say, though, I feel like what we said could go wrong to lead to a Georgia loss is kind of exactly what happened. <laughs> um, we yep. said that Georgia offense didn't necessarily have to be perfect, didn't need to be world beaters, but needed to not be error prone. And, you know, had that, had that uh, interception on the first drive, um, like I said, I wasn't going to panic, you know, if, if Sisson threw his first pick, although admittedly I did, I totally panicked when it happened. I did not look up to what I said. <laughs> uh, and I was like melting down, freaking out. Um, but you know, we righted the ship. Stetson kind of settled in after the first two drives. Um, I mean, or I guess it was after the first three drives. So we went yeah. pick, punt, punt, but then the last four drives of the first half, we went touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown. So, you know, to that point, at least offensively, things were were looking good. Just um, struggling with the really the passing tech of, about of Alabama. I mean, I know Harris got over one fifty two, but a lot of that I feel like was late when they were kind of milking it, you know, and just ending the game. Um, but man, their receivers were unbelievable. I'm ready. So, I'm ready for Waddle and Smith to be uh, playing on Sundays. Yeah, they've they've been they've been in Alabama for a thousand years, and they've been punishing Georgia for all of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I know that you and Graham and a bunch of guys were talking about uh, talking about the the game plan, which you know I don't disagree with. Like the fact that we didn't try to run the ball at all in the first few series. Um, yeah. We didn't really like commit to the run like obviously we had runners i mean white how many yards did white have i mean he had almost 100 yards rushing i feel like um hold on i'll get there in just one second uh I mean, we so he, only had, he only had 58 yards but he or his net uh, 57 so he had 57 yards but he only had 10 carries i mean that's so what i keep saying is that it's, it was criminal so zamir white averaged 5.7 yards a carry kendall milton averaged 7.3 yards a carry and Kenny McIntosh averaged six yards a carry. Kenny only got two carries. Milton only got six carries. White had 10. James Cook had five. Um, and, you know, Cook obviously had the huge impact in the passing game with that awesome, you know, long touchdown reception. Yeah. But I don't get it. I don't get it. And, like, in, in the, the lack of running, um, you know, like, the, so look for it. If you follow my I've Got a Podcast on Twitter or John or I, um, there was a long, very long thread, and I said it was the cro- the uh, My God a Podcast and Battle Hymnal crossover crossover event that you didn't know that you needed. Uh, yeah. We all went back and forth a lot on a lot of these points, but you know, one of the most recent things was you know Graham talked about Georgia abandoning abandoning the run, and what I said was it wasn't even that we abandoned it; we just never committed to it in the first place. I mean, first two drives, zero passes, or sorry, zero rushes, all passes, um, and then you know even when when we uh, were down, right? Like when Alabama first takes the lead, you know, we were only down what by three, right? It was 27 to 24. I mean, there was no need to panic. We didn't need to, it was like the whole time we were just banking on it being a shootout. And I feel like we let it turn into a shootout by not running the ball. I mean, if we had played up four to start the second half, you know, we could have played ball control and kind of try to keep them at arm's length. And if they score, you know, a quick strike touchdown when they get the ball, 
that's fine. But chew clock, you know, with running the ball, get that six yards of carry average to eat the clock, slow the game down, and try to keep it a lower scoring game. It looked like we just signed up for a track meet, and that's not. You know, we've talked about on my got a podcast play to your strengths, and I don't feel like we did last night. Yeah, I think the the talent utilization was certainly a an issue. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I really don't understand the the game plan, but that said, like, yes, it would have been nice to see a lot more rushing and it would have been nice to see more opportunities um, in the passing game that we definitely, you and I have definitely seen. I mean, after I saw, after I saw the dog sports, after I saw dog stats, um, throw out the, the the gifs of, of all the missed, all the missed plays and some of the clips from the game. Like I started to go back and watch the replay. That's actually how I decided I was going to watch the replay because I I had, I I couldn't believe that it was that obvious because I remember during the game, like there were multiple opportunities that we saw and it was like, maybe it was just those handful, but it does seem like that a lot of plays were really just left out on the field by the passing attack. Um, yeah, I don't. I really don't know what. It, I really don't know why he. It's almost like Stetson just wasn't able to run through his progressions. Whether that's like a, a timing thing, or whether it's just a, uh, he he wasn't told. To, I don't. I really don't know what he was told to do because it seems yeah. like that he was just missing things left and right. Yeah, yeah. I know we texted about that, and I was texting about that with my dad as well. Um, it looks like. Generally, there was a check down that was available that he never either never made it to or something. And he, he really did hone on Burton, hone in on Burton, it seemed like, for the night. Um, and I know he did say in the post game that just going through his progressions, he just kind of landed on Burton. Like the plan wasn't necessarily, hey, let's get the ball to Burton. Uh, but that's kind of where the ball ended up going a lot as he went through his progressions. But I don't know. It felt like a lot of times when he went to Burton, uh, McKitty was kind of dragging across the middle, or I know you've you pointed out some times where Cook was wide open in the flat um, and may still be running, um, some things like that. I don't know. That's where I, I still get to do, and I know I sound like an old man, um, where I just want to say run the ball. Um, but, I mean, the running game was working. I don't know. Uh, I only saw the headline. I did not, I'll admit, I did not read the article, but I will say it was a, and it was from Jason Butt. Um, it was a, on the, on the rivals for UGA site. Um, uh-huh. and, and, but in his tweet, kind of teasing his article, it, it, it said something to the line along the lines of, um, did Todd Munkin watch the tape of Ole Miss Alabama, <laughs> you know, to know <laughs> that, that you can gash those guys via the run. Right. Um, I don't know. And like in, and this it, statistically is backed up. When you look at our yards per carry, we just didn't do the carries. I mean, we Stetson Bennett should not be throwing the ball 40 times. No. And it's not, and it's not like we got down early and had to throw to catch up. Right. I mean, three <laughs> minutes left in the third quarter and we were only down four or, the only or three, thing- right. It was 20, 27 to 24 late in the third quarter. I mean, there was no reason I, I don't get it. The only thing that I can, the only thing that I can maybe say in Munkin's defense is that yes, like we can we can talk all day long about whether or not we should have continued to run the ball, which I definitely agree with, especially given the fact that the likelihood of us turning the ball over when we run the ball is nowhere near as high as what it turned out to be when we do throw the ball, because the three right. turnovers 
if even if things went perfectly and we ran the ball, we had 200 yards rushing. If you throw three interceptions to Alabama, chances are you're going to lose unless those are wiped out with other turnovers, which, yeah, we had one. Basically, we each had a turnover washout. So, you know, yeah. two turnovers to, to Bama's favor. They were plus two. I have to figure that if you give them that opportunity, they're going to take it in the long run. Um, especially if we don't, if you don't do anything about it on defense, like, holy crap, like the passing, the passing attack that they had, that they employed this, the way, and it wasn't so much like that we were overpowered or overmatched or overmanned. Like, I feel like we have pretty good athletes and there was a lot of good coverage for a lot of the game, but yeah, there were ways that um, there were ways that they were running their routes that schemed their players open. And, Absolutely, yes. And yes. Basically, the crisscrossing, crisscrossing at the line of scrimmage, like the causing the defensive backs to switch up and basically get completely mismatched, especially on that one score where Tyson Campbell just basically got left at the line by by Waddle. <laughs> That was like the ninety, the ninety-yard one, right? That, that was the, the ninety-yard. That was the ninety-yard yeah. one. That was a very uh, well, well-designed play. The way they're, I mean, there were three receivers over on that side, I believe, and just the way they cross. And it, you know, I, I, I was trying to remember right when it happened. Like, oh man, was that a pick or something? Like, how did that happen? But it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a pick. It was just a well, well-designed play. Uh, but yeah, they were, they're great route runners. All those guys, um, Devonte Smith had a, that beautiful wheel route out of the slot, um, that he had, I don't think it was for a touchdown, uh, but it was a big play. Uh, yeah. I mean, their receivers are good, man. I, I wish we had those kind of dudes at Georgia. And I mean, we just don't right now. So, so here's, so here's something that I'll say in our, our receivers defense, so, you know, yes, there was a lot of scheming and all kinds of whatever on the on the offensive side for Alabama, but like they do have the benefit of having a quarterback that delivered the ball exactly where it needed to be pretty much every single time. Um, yeah, he was he was very accurate. You and I, you and I have talked about this pretty much all season long, and it definitely became an issue in this game, in my opinion, was when we when we would hit receivers, when we would hit them either in stride or on their routes, um, it would oftentimes be almost on the ground before they were able to catch the ball. So they were catching yeah. the ball as they fell down. So there was zero, zero opportunity for any yards after catch. And when, when Alabama is able to hit their wide receivers in stride, um, hit them underneath, and they're able to continue running as if nothing happened. Whereas our guys are having to dive all over the place to catch the ball. And this is something that we've seen in all of the games. And you saw it even on, on Burton uh, when there was, a, there was that pass that went behind Burton in the end zone where mm, he, prob- yeah. he, he probably should have caught the ball. But again, that, th- these are things that other better quarterbacks don't do with these Alabama receivers. So, um, you know, if, if, if he hits him in the numbers, if he, you know, gets it just a little bit in front of him as opposed to where, or, or at least gets it to a position where he doesn't have to like slide and try to catch the ball. Maybe he comes up with that catch. 
Um, the interception yeah. that happened when it bounced off of Burton's hands, you know, you could make an argument. And I, I mentioned this to you too, like, yeah, it's a bad throw. Yeah, it's a bad throw, but you, you have to, it, it's a bad throw, but you have to catch it. If you touch it like that, if you put both hands on the football, you've got to come down with it. Um, yeah, I think that was, I think we've talked to that probably the wrong read again, there was a guy, I know he was short of the sticks, but you could always run and catch or catch and run. I don't know if that was McKitty. It was either McKitty or, um, it could have been D Rob, I guess it was eight something <laughs> from what I saw on the screen grab. I didn't come back and watch that, uh, specifically, uh, cause D Rob was wearing 80 last night, which was weird. Um, but yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I mean, like I said, he could, he, he could have caught that ball. But maybe if he makes a better throw, it's a catch. Um, but yeah. the decision—the decision to even throw it in the first place—is something that I feel like is going to be much more long-term, as far as like in his head and in our head and in our game planning. Is you can't fix the decision to throw into quadruple coverage like that. Like there are four guys all around him, and the first—the first play from scrimmage that, or the first play where. The first INT where Stetson threw it and the defensive lineman caught it. If the ball gets beyond the defensive line, there are four D- Alabama defenders all around. I think it was McIntosh that he was trying to hit uh, over the middle, but there were like four guys there, and one of which was a linebacker that was in the process of stepping up to try to catch that pass. So, like, yeah, just, just the decisions. To, to make those dangerous throws are what concerns me the most right now with, with the mailman. Yeah, well, that's the interesting thing, right, is it's like when you're winning, uh, that's called moxie, <laughs> right? And we're like, oh, he's got moxie. He's got the gunslinger mentality, and it's great when you're winning. Uh, but then when you lose and there's three interceptions involved, you kind of take a step back and say, hmm, maybe let's not sling it around the whole field. <laughs> um but yeah, and I mean, and I feel like the other thing we're going to have to deal with now is Alabama gave the blueprint of how to defend the mailman, right? So maybe you don't have to get to him. If you can't get to him, maybe you hold up on your hold up on your rush a little bit and get those hands up. I mean, we're going to be dealing with that for the rest of the season. I mean, I feel like that. Yeah, I mean, that's what you and I were saying during the game. Was is is this all you have to do? Is to just 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 kind of have these tall linemen just kind of stand there and hold their hands up like is that all yeah. is that all it takes because that's what it seemed like that that we were doing and and our we didn't seem like we had any answers like don't we weren't really moving the pocket around I mean we did on a couple of plays but like you weren't really like moving him around getting him moving move everybody around whether it be the line well, that's just the thing that, that like I've heard my whole life right around like if you got a shorter quarterback You've got to move the pocket. You've got to find those throwing lanes. I mean, I mean, the classic example to me is always Doug Flutie, right? Like, you know, when he came into the NFL, when he was with the Bills and actually starting a lot, right? I mean, that's what they would do. They would move around and get the you get the line to kind of spread out a bit, and then he can see through, right, to be able to find his guys. Um, that's the other thing. Uh, I don't know if it was Graham. I think it was Graham Coffee where you had pointed out on the screenshot like a wide open receiver over the middle, and Graham said, "I'm not sure the mailman can see those guys." <laughs> through the line <laughs> i mean yeah i i mean that's that's a very legit um you know kind of comment based on how things are going but like i mean can he <laughs> yeah i don't know well there's a funny thread too uh with um 
it was like Aaron Murray and Tavares King and then like Chris Burnett. Um, and like Tavares and Chris Burnett were making fun of Aaron Murray saying that he's short. Um, but they, but then like Chris Burnett was making fun of himself saying that he himself is also short and that the only reason that Aaron Murray could play quarterback at Georgia was because Chris Burnett and Ben Jones were so short so he could still see over them. <laughs> uh, and then Aaron Murray was like, yeah, man, there's no way I could play behind this Georgia offensive line. There's no way I could see anyone. Uh, so I don't know. I thought that was pretty funny. Maybe there's some truth. Maybe there's some truth there. I mean, Aaron Murray is a great, is a great example of a quarterback that, I just, you know, we've we've speculated about this. We've talked about this. That, you know, is is Aaron, is I was about to say Aaron Murray is Stetson Bennett the best option, and why is he the best option that we have right now? Like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it seems like that we had the game. The game was so close for so long that I I don't really fault the. The coaches were sticking with Stetson, even with the batted passes, even with the ints, etc. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he clearly, he clearly can get it done. It's just he 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 had probably his worst game in a in a UGA uniform. Which well, it, I'll, 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 I'll go ahead, go ahead, finish your thought. Which which frankly is okay. Like the the reality of the situation is, is we got our we got our butts beat by a really good Alabama team that was well coached and well prepared for what it had in front of it. And it handled all of the adversity that it was presented with, with perfection. They played perfect. Uh, With the the exception of that one INT and the first play of the game. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. With the exception of that INT and the fact that they were against the ropes, you know, in, into the, you know, going into halftime, we, we had, we had, we were winning this thing for a while and you liked our chances the way that things were looking, but you yeah, know, I was feeling good at halftime. At halftime you were Munsoning and I was like, no, we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> we were in like role reversal at halftime. I, I was, I was Munsoning hardcore, man, because I was just getting really, really frustrated with the batted passes. Like, it just seems like that there were, I don't know, man. It, and, and I was noticing that there were open looks. Like, I think even freaking Gary Danielson, like at one point pointed out that, um, you know, had he dumped it off to McKitty or to Cook, I can't remember who it was, they could have basically walked into the end zone. You know, yeah, when, yeah, you're, yeah. when you're seeing that kind of stuff live and when Gary is seeing that stuff live, like – <laughs> to me, to me, that just screams that there are significant issues with what's going on in his head. But the reality yeah. is, is that if you have a bad game, great. That's it's okay to have a bad game. The season was not on the line last night. Um, I think that for a lot of us, it was pride, and at this point, it's becoming it's becoming very prideful. This game is that we just yeah. gotta. We've got to beat this guy. We've got to beat these guys. They seem to have our number every time. It's almost like a Florida level um, scenario. When we were in school. We, we, yeah, when, when you <laughs> yeah. and I were in school, we could never get yeah. past Florida. And so um, the good news is, is just like from, and I'm hoping that this all pans out like, like from's year, where we went to Auburn and we got our butts beat by Auburn. We were riding high and – then we came and took it all the way back to Atlanta and avenged that loss. And so yeah. I do, like I said, I do think that the plays were there. I think we had, we had opportunities 
had things been executed. Now, I'm hoping that the coaches will go back and look at some of these running plays and, and question why why did we only hand it off twice to McIntosh? Why did Zamir White only have 10 carries? You know, those kinds of things are definitely worth uh, a, a second look. But yeah, you, you, you at least have the option <laughs> to continue the season as opposed to end the season on a loss like that. And I'm hoping that oh, they... Yeah. This, is, this is not 2017... Uh, slash 18 or 18, losing to Alabama. But we've still got a lot of football to be played. So totally different feeling. And, I mean, neither of us picked us to go in undefeated in the preseason, in our preseason show. Um, you know, we were thinking 8-2, and 9-1. and one. That's still on the table, obviously. Um, we still control our destination. I won't say destiny because destiny, by definition, is uncontrollable. Um, but, you know, looking at our destination of Atlanta, we, that is still firmly in our grasp. Georgia controls that, um, you know, you lose again, then you need help. But as, as we stand today, that destination is still controlled. Um, so what do you, what do we say though? We've talked a little bit about the defense, but just, I mean, high level, like, I don't know. I, I, and I'll just kind of make my statement for you to react to it. I somewhat give them a, a bit of a pass. I mean, I think that we definitely had some breakdowns in the secondary, obviously to give up those long pass plays. Um, but with the turnovers in the second half, the amount of time they were on the field. And I'll say, I, I mean, I didn't think they could wear us down um, with our depth. I would say I was wrong. Uh, they did, but I also didn't expect three turnovers like that. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I still feel like this is a great defense and we're looking at an incredible defense. And I'll say something. I had thought this, but hadn't said it because I didn't want to, but uh, Josh Hancher, uh, dog stats said it on Twitter. So I'll say it now. I just hope we don't waste an all-time defense like this because this yep. defense is still special, and I just hope that we can get the offense in good enough shape to not waste having a defense this good. Yeah, I, that that is definitely a worry that I have, that we would waste one of the best defenses. And I think I, I you and I have kind of talked about this as well. Is like It just seems like that we can't get the right combination of coaching – player personnel, uh, court, quarterback, whatever, however you want to describe it, the defense. Like we can't time all of all of that the same way that Alabama has. It just seems like the Alabama is just able to reload, completely reload everything from coaching staff to player personnel to quarterback to everything that they're able to just get the job done no matter what happens. And for us, it just seems like that it's – yeah, there's always there's always something missing. <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's like the defense exactly. is great, the offense is behind, or the offense is great, the defense is behind, or or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I guess uh, special teams. We said keep it up, and you know, Kamara still did a great job punting. I mean, both punters actually. Alabama's punter was also excellent. Um, the punting was excellent from both teams. Alabama actually made a long field goal, which told us, hey, it definitely is 2020. Um, yeah. And then Hot Pod, Hot Pod missed his uh, late. So I guess, I don't know, maybe he's not Hot Pod. Maybe we shouldn't say Hot Pod anymore. Um, you still need to come up with something better. Although I will say, I don't want to totally ignore this, um, but I also don't want to have this be like an excuse and say it's why we lost. I think we got outcoached and outplayed, and so that's why we lost. But just the things like, Let's put a second back on the clock so they can kick a field goal. Uh, let's review every questionable catch for Georgia, but never review a questionable catch for Alabama. Um, it's always holding or pass interference on the Georgia defensive backs. 
But the only way we can get that call is when George Pickens is completely tackled. I, I'm not going to ignore it, and I would uh, recommend everyone to read uh, Graham Coffey's open letter to SEC officiating about that fact. Um, and I'm now adopting his line that the referees' paychecks are always cut out of Birmingham. Uh, so I like that line. So whatever. But I don't want to act like that's the singular reason why we lost, um, but it certainly didn't help anything. Yeah, the there were definitely some egregious some egregious calls that that like conveniently timed pass interference play that kept their drive alive that would have really been nice had we um you know had we gotten forced forced them to kick a field goal as opposed to putting the ball on the 1 yard line and giving up our rushing touchdown streak yeah. Um, and so there was that one, and then there was the other one earlier in the game where we basically ended their drive. I think they would have had to punt, or it would have been a really long field goal where they called defensive holding on uh, on Stokes. And I mean, like by the letter of the law, I'm not going to say it wasn't holding, uh, but I'm all about like equal opportunity penalizing and call it the same both ways. And the only way we could get a holding call was that one time when Pickens was literally tackled to the ground. So I don't know. I, I just like to see it called the same ways for both teams. And I, I felt like it wasn't, again, I don't want to act like that's the reason we lost. The reason we you know, lost. It, yeah. It, it, um, it didn't do us any favors. Yeah. I mean, that was, you know, about at least, I don't know, I would say four points, at least four points, um, with the Campbell or not, sorry, Stokes, the one in the end zone that you were talking about. Yeah. I think that was, uh, that was something that Gary Danielson mentioned was that it was, uh, the, the penalty had cost us four points and then um yeah you just you just hate to see the official officials impact a game like that and then you've also got um at the end of the first half we also gave them some free points too by allowing them to storm down the field and kick a field goal right yeah right, that after, right after we had scored a touchdown and so it's like geez like that—that that was what when you when you when you said that I was munsoning. Like that's how, that's how I was. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like they scored so fast in that first half, and like that first touchdown was just incredibly fast. I didn't realize how fast it was until I watched it on the replay, and I was just like, yeah. "Holy cow! I can't believe that just happened." <laughs> yeah, that was that was quick. That so that was uh, like a uh, let's see here. Three plays, yeah. I mean, ugh, that's <laughs> well, yeah. It was so quick. After I guess, I guess the the quickness uh, is relative, but it it seemed like it was so quick after we had intercepted them. Like we intercepted it, and then bang, they scored a touchdown. Yeah, like, they threw an interception, and we threw an interception. They went three plays, fifty eight yards, and fifty two seconds after their pick. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it was lightning fast. And ever and having that come after our first defensive possession where. I mean, Ojolari just comes in and hits Mac Jones. LeCount with the pick. I was riding so high. Like, <laughs> I, was, I jumped out of my seat. Um, I, at one point, I thought I injured myself. I think I injured myself on the James Cook touch, touchdown, actually. Uh, I'm feeling much better today. Thank you for asking. Uh, but I, I thought I pulled something uh, celebrating that one. <laughs> oh, man. Old man. Old man Jim. Yeah. I'm a man. I'm 40. Get off my lawn. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, let me just tell you that the every everything that happened to us was under the umbrella of you know the the loss that we had at the Braves game. So I was at, as you know, I was at the Braves game, 
and we actually well, went. You were at, so you were at uh, Truist Park watching on the outfield like Jumbotron, right? I was. Yeah. That was a yeah. really cool experience too. So um, we we went in riding high this afternoon that afternoon because we got there to the stadium all full of full of life and full of joy. And by the time that the evening ended, I was I was in a dark place of Atlanta sports, man. <laughs> I had to step away from the Braves when they went down because uh, my, my wife took my youngest for, to a soccer game, like I said, pretty far away, like two hours away. And so I took my oldest. We, we did a dinner date. We went out for hamburgers, and it was funny. We actually rent the people sitting next to us, the table next to us outside on the patio were all Georgia fans. Um, so we had a couple of go dogs back and forth. And then I kept telling my daughter that I was going to embarrass her and ask them if they listened to my God a podcast and suggested if they didn't. And she was like, Dad. Stop! You're embarrassing me. <laughs> so, so I, I didn't bring it up. I spared. I spared her the embarrassment. Uh, but so that was uh, that was at least a little a, a little fun. And yeah, the first half was great. Uh, we could just kind of pretend that it ended. I mean, hey, all the points that we thought were going to be scored were scored in the first half. I had twenty three to twenty Georgia. You had twenty four to twenty Georgia. Uh, we apparently we only were predicting. Uh, Half the game. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. I, I I forgot to predict the second half. Right. Yeah. Exactly. We we messed up there. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know what what else to say about it. I, I feel like it's at this point. You know what? Uh, Alabama is very is very good. And you know what? The national folks seem to agree. I don't know if you saw. All we we only dropped down to number four in both the coaches and AP poll. So um, you know what? Like we're still we're still right there. We only dropped. I guess what one spot, one position in both. Um, like we well, said, our, we still control our destination, and we're not—they we, are not on our schedule again as of right as of today. So, yeah, that would uh, that would be nice for for us to just kind of forget that this ever happened and just kind of move on. And that's kind of how I felt about it when you and I were texting about you know when we were gonna do the recording for the day. I was like, yeah, do we have to? Like. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it makes me feel better to talk this through with you though I, this is uh this is a bit of a release for me so i yeah. appreciate it i mean that's that's kind of and, and your take on you know the, our, our our destination you know we control our destination like yeah you're right because if 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 both of these teams run the table they'll be they'll be seeing each other again and um you know at that point it'll be zero zero and no one will have ever no one will even be talking about the interceptions. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, Not, nothing that happened yesterday, if we make it to Atlanta and see those guys again, nothing that happened yesterday is going to matter. Right. So, so. you win and you win and we're going to be a you, you win and you get to keep playing scenario at that point. But now, now focus turns to Kentucky, and I got to say, we were both mad, or I was, I was very mad. I was mad at Greg McGarity. Um, Although I think Seth Emerson set us straight on the, the need to move all the games and reschedule everything. But now we've got a bye week coming up um, and then Kentucky. After having that happen yesterday, um, I think that's actually a good thing at this point. I think now it's turned out to be for the best to get a bye week now before Kentucky. Yeah, I, I, hopefully it'll give us an opportunity to, you know, maybe it gives J, JT Daniels a, a chance to, to continue to get here. Uh, mailman. I. <laughs> I don't. Well, I, I'm at that point where I still would be. I'd be surprised if we trot somebody else other than other than mailman. Um, I mean, and I'm not saying that like 
I mean, he's not a world. We saw his limitations. We saw we saw his limitations last night. They were on full display, but well, I, I, I still would be surprised if we switch. What I would like to see is options. Right now, it feels yeah. like we have no options. So that's that's mm-hmm. the only reason I bring that up because, I mean, yeah. I am somewhat uh, somewhat surprised that we didn't like have, like I said earlier, uh, that we didn't try Mathis. You know what I mean? Like. At, yeah. least give him, at least give him a chance to do something that maybe Stetson can't do. Um, you but, just completely uh, relegated the mailman. That's what you said to me on like episode two. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? You know what? I, I'm just at a I'm just at a point where you know if the shoe had been on the other foot and Nick Saban was coaching the, as the Georgia Bulldogs head coach, um, you know you just. Things just weren't going as as well as you hoped, and clearly you weren't getting things done. I mean, he completed less than fifty percent of his passes in a game yeah. where he threw it forty times. Like yeah. that is a glaring, glaring problem in the passing game. And so you just wonder, like, well, okay, he's not getting it done, and we're not getting it done as much as we need to. Well, let's just trot out Jalen Hurts, or let's trot out Tua, like. Then they, yeah. they throw out their their second option as a let's see what happens, kid. Like we need some help. Like let's see what yeah. you can do. Like yeah. it just seems like that we don't have any options um, other than. Well, it's interesting because that's that's what happened in the first game, right? With with Mathis. I mean, I know right. I was surprised. I said I was surprised. You, you weren't, but I was surprised uh, how quickly we turned. I, I just get back to this though. You can't uh, you can't throw twenty two incompletions when you don't throw the ball 40 times because you're running the ball. Run the ball. Run, <laughs> run the dang ball, Bobo. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, I, I, I'm assuming um, Georgia has a bye week. I think we're probably going to take a bye week this week as well, right? Um, so we'll probably be back the following week, uh, you know, by Thursday before, leading up to the Kentucky game. We'll, we'll be back out for our listeners with the Kentucky preview uh, the Thursday prior to that game, but I think we'll probably uh, take a bye week this this week as well. Okay. Yeah, we I think we all need a, a break after that, especially given the fact that as of this recording, you know we we still have a game seven to potentially cry about too. So just get, <laughs> get I'm preparing myself. Yeah. So when so those who are listening, uh, you're in the future from us now. So you already know what happened. What happens with the Braves, we did not yet know. I will say go Braves. I'm going to watch and I'm going to cheer. But I grew up in Atlanta. Uh, but, you know, I, no, I'm not going to say that. Bra- let's go. Come on. Let's go Braves. Go Braves. <laughs> go Braves. Chop on. Mix it up. All of the things. <laughs> <laughs> For the A. <laughs> For the A. Ah, oh, God, I had forgotten one. Hey, Julio Jones did the, the, the Falcons one today, right? Got that monkey off our back. Uh, Julio Jones did the mix it up celebration. Uh, that can't be anything but a good sign for the Braves. I'm going to take it that way. Awesome. I, I I would agree with that. That's a that's a pretty good omen there. Nice. All right, man. Well, we will. Uh, I'll, I'll we'll we'll keep talking and uh, we'll get back together for the Kentucky preview. Go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs>